Forgiving your spouse after a betrayal is a very difficult but necessary part of the healing journey. Today we don't rush or pressure you towards forgiveness, but we lay out the process for you so that you can move through the steps when you're ready. Also, we take a look at what to do when the betrayal seems unforgivable. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have an encouraging episode for you this week. This is episode number 237, and today we're going to be talking about forgiving your spouse after betrayal. Hey there, before we get started, if you did miss last week's episode, we talked about what happens in our bodies when we're in conflict and how that even makes it hard for your spouse, because something's happening in their body, of course. It can even make it hard for them to hear what you're saying sometimes. So that's worth going back and checking out. And also do make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. If you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice. And most of all, we offer hope. So Caleb, let's get into the topic of forgiveness. Yes. Okay. And today we're talking like specifically about forgiving a betrayal. Okay. So when you have an offense like that, that is significant, the forgiveness needs to be thought of as a process or a journey rather than kind of a switch that you flip. Okay. Okay. I forgive you. We're good. Let's move on. Okay. Because the feelings are much deeper, right? And and they and, keep coming back. Yeah. Like you can say, yes, I forgive you. But it, it's kind of a decision, but then it's kind There's of a, a journey too. Like you have to decide to forgive yeah. or decide to start the journey. Or, yeah, you have to choose to engage in the process. Yes. Yeah. And so then in those situations where it's deeper feelings, right, it's going to involve moving away from feelings of ill will or even malicious intentions like revenge or punishment or avoidance or even hatred, right? Okay. To a sense of uh, what researchers call benevolent emotion, as in kind or positive thoughts toward the person that's harmed you. Okay. And and that really is how you know forgiveness has happened when you found that you've shifted from those darker or more negative feelings as being a predominant experience towards a greater sense of warmth towards your spouse. And wow. And as you likely know, forgiveness is essential to the long-term health of your marriage as well as to your own personal health. And I don't mean to say that glibly. You know, not being betrayed is also essential to long-term healthy relationships. So it's not like I'm blaming you for something here, but just to say that once we're in a safe place where betrayal is no longer likely. We know that unforgiveness can still really continue to undermine the relationship. Okay. Yeah. So it can sustain the damage that has happened, I guess, maybe how I would put that. Okay. Okay. So how do we forgive? So we're going to go through a number of steps here. And and kind of the key word is going to be reframing that we're going to use over and over. And reframing is just looking at the same thing from another perspective. Okay. Okay. So the first step is to begin to develop empathy by reframing your spouse's action. What empathy does, it helps to reduce anger and blame, which is a necessary step towards forgiveness. And empathy is about seeing the world from someone else's perspective, even in the context Mm -hmm. of forgiveness, right? Uh, We talked about this a couple episodes ago in the context of how to build intimacy, how empathy deepens intimacy. Mm -hmm. But in the context of betrayal, it means that you can change the way you see the betrayal. So in this case, what you want to do is to try to get a better understanding of the things that may have led to the hurtful behavior. So that's that's what you're looking for. Now, when you're working on developing this empathy piece, it doesn't mean you're excusing your spouse, 
but it is taking into account the bigger picture of what was happening in his or her life at the time when the betrayal occurred in order to try to understand how they ended up making a really bad decision. Okay. And kind of looking at that larger hows and whys of the situation and taking that into account, that can help buffer and sort of relieve you of some of those feelings of anger as you shift your focus toward achieving a more objective understanding of what's happened. Okay. So do you have to be a little bit down the road for this? Yeah. This is not for like the day after you, okay. you're disclosed okay. about something and, and, yeah, maybe. So that's a great point for Linda. Like you need a chance to vent your anger and to have your spouse hear that and you have a right to be right. angry. And, and so you uh-huh. need to you need to have all that. So you need to understand what you're forgiving. And that takes a little bit of time, especially in an event like this, before you can even begin the journey of forgiving. So I might even say like months at times or weeks or at least days. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Depending on the significance on the of the betrayal and how long it's been gone for and so on. Okay. Yeah. So that's the first step is... is reframing the action that happened by looking at the larger picture and being like, okay, I can see how, like, I don't like what happened, but I can see how with the bigger picture of everything that was going on in the same situation, I might've been able to do the same thing. What? You're smiling Mm. at me like, I don't know about that. That's yeah. What are you objecting to? Because if someone's betrayed you, like it's hurt you so badly. So to turn around and be like, oh yeah, I could have done the same thing. Well, that's, you're saying that quite glibly. And I'm intending this to be more like a, an empathic process of, you know, had I walked in your shoes to that point and okay. would I expect to make a better decision? Am I a better person? Okay. Is the dilemma that's in there, right? Okay. It's tough work though. And that, that's probably what part of what you're responding to there, right? Mm-hmm. Then the next part is reframing how you feel. So reframing the action through the lens of empathy, that helps you reframe how you feel about your spouse. And this can help restore that balance in your mind where you understand that there's more to your spouse than the wrong that they have done. So that betrayal okay. after a significant event, that becomes the predominant story, right? But reframing how you feel is like moving back towards taking the larger picture of everything about your spouse into account. Okay. And this enables you to look beyond the offense to consider their positive qualities that they have and to take those good things into account as well, which helps renew some pleasant feelings of admiration and affection again. And again, this is a process like, and often what happens here is folks do this a little bit and then they kind of, they immediately clamp down and pull back because if I start feeling good about you, I'm putting, making myself mm. vulnerable again, right? So the, the, Or I'm telling you it's okay. That's more the argument you hear. Yeah. Yeah. Or but I uh, hear. Okay. The part that I wanted to bring out there though was the, if I don't keep you sort of in trouble, mm-hmm. then you'll think you're off the hook and you might go do that again and I'll get hurt again. Mm-hmm. So unforgiveness sometimes acts as a safety mechanism or the perception of being a safety mechanism of protecting yes. you from okay. the re- repetition of the behavior, okay. right? I think I was trying to say the same thing, but okay. gotcha. Awesome. Yeah. So that is a, a component there as well. And then the next thing is to reframe as well how you see yourself. So it's also helpful during the process of forgiveness to remember that you as the offended spouse have also done things that required others to forgive you. And when we remember that we have wanted and needed forgiveness, it helps us to take our place of of it takes us out of the place of not only seeing ourselves as the victim, but that, you know, there's been times mm-hmm. when we've been the perpetrator too. Okay. Right? Yeah. And uh, that's a very helpful point brought out by a researcher called Worthington. And we'll come back to his stuff a little bit towards the end today. And often we have that voice in our head that's that's really speaking to the indignation that we feel like, how could you do this? Or how dare you do this? And we feel like nobody else has been as hard done by as ourselves in those moments. Mm-hmm. And often with that, we feel a sense of superiority to the person who hurt us. Or even like we have the corner on suffering and pain. So there's, yeah. you can almost get some identity stuff coming into these betrayed moments that's hard to parse out, right? Yeah. Like how do you balance this and like not rating the wrong? 
Well, there are there are different degrees of wrong. Yeah. And you have to be acknowledge that. You can't deny that either. Okay. Because wronger stuff, if I can make up a new word, I think, is going to take you longer to forgive. Okay. And it's going to require more work. So there's no point trying to say, oh, we all do things that are wrong. Exactly. Exactly. In a a glib fashion. But it's just, sometimes we get a little bit too self-righteous about like, this is, you know, your greatest, your great wrong that you've done. And I've never wronged anybody. Right. You know Even though mean? we don't say that consciously, maybe. No, but it keeps us a little bit more stuck, right? And in that case, we, sort of, we have a protective part that's coming out there that's saying, you know, it's trying to keep us back from potentially getting hurt again, right? Okay. Yeah. Still, still playing in there. Yeah. So that part of ourselves needs compassion, but it, we have to acknowledge the significance of the wrong. Okay. But what we're kind of just going for here is just to be a little bit more realistic about our humanity as well, that we do offend as, al- yes. as also. Yes. And kind of just, you know, sort of coax ourselves out of the ivory tower to meet our spouse more as a peer or an equal. And that can help really help move the forgiveness process forward. Okay. Okay. Now, we created a more detailed addendum to today's episode that really dives into the biblical principles of forgiveness. If that's something you want to study and learn more about to help you with, if this is something that you want to study and learn more about to help you with whatever offense you are working through, you'll definitely want to get your hands on this additional guide by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. And we'll just take a quick 60 second break here to tell you more about that. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive, and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible, and to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about reframing how you see yourself. So the fourth uh, reframe that's involved in this process is reframing the dynamic of your marriage, right? Yeah. And this is the toughest one. So if you haven't gone through the first three and you hear what I'm about to say and you find it unpalatable, that's understandable. Okay. Okay. So this really is a process, uh, although you might cycle through the process more or less, but just I'll try and be as clear and gentle as I can here and, and try to hear what I'm saying. My assumption is that the people listening want to forgive, so they're willing to do this hard work. Okay. And this is some of the heavier lifting here, right? Okay. So the aftermath of betrayal, it gives you the opportunity to take a hard look at the changes in behavior and attitude that your marriage might need in order to prevent the same mistakes from happening again. Yeah. And what I've just done there is I've made the betrayed spouse complicit in the problem. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let me try to do this. And Verlinda's really good at keeping me on track on this one. Do you know what? I talked to a betrayed spouse Okay. about this. Okay. And it was like, well, you know, I certainly hope I didn't add to the problem or whatever. And I think what you're saying though, is if you haven't gone through the first three yeah. to reframe how you feel and reframe the action, to reframe how you see yourself, to, to go straight to this would be like... Yeah, take a hike. Yeah. 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 And this still doesn't put you at fault. 
for what happened. Right. It was still their decision. They still made the wrong choice. They made that entirely on their own. Okay. Okay. But what happens here is the offending spouse. Yeah, I just want to make sure I have that right. The offending spouse will need to open themselves up to exploring how and why they got to a place where they could betray you as the betrayed spouse mm -hmm. in this way. Mm -hmm. But on, on the betrayed side, you would need to open up yourself uh, to your own role in the dynamic of the marriage that may have somehow contributed to making the offense possible. And ideally, you'll both want to recognize that the partnership you have cannot continue on the same terms as it did before the betrayal. Uh -huh. So that might be a better, like a more approachable way of looking mm -hmm. at this, right? And so part of this for the offended or the betrayed spouse can involve reminding yourself that you are ultimately a team and people that we consider to be part of the team are easier to forgive than those that we see as outsiders. Mm -hmm. So there's a mental reframe there, yep. right? That, that comes with this part of the package. And so you may absolutely want to avoid your spouse while you're hurting, but could you consider making a small effort to continue doing some things together or going some places together? Perhaps like a family outing if you have children or serving in some way together in your local church. And it's hard to do because initially you feel like you're faking it, mm -hmm. right? But those moments of just being willing to have a little bit of that team experience again, it helps you rebuild that sense of togetherness as as you restructure your marriage. And yeah, it's going to be a bit of a, you're going to have to push yourself at the start. Like this is hard mm -hmm. work, right? But it's part of the necessary work of coming back together as a unit. So you don't think that that's like, like faking it, like putting on a show to others that nothing's What wrong? I'm hoping is that the part that the couple knows is, is that they're wanting to rebuild their sense of team. They do want to do this work. They want to be healed. Okay. Right. And so, so there may be times in your experience where as you're going through this journey, you know, not everybody has the right to know what's going on in your lives. They yeah. haven't earned that privilege. Yeah. And you may just have to put the front on because they haven't earned that privilege. And it sucks. Right. Okay. And hopefully there's other places where you can be vulnerable and other people that you are vulnerable with. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what gets seen from the outside. But on the inside, I would hope that the couple is able to hold on to this idea that we are we're rebuilding and we need to start fostering team even if we don't feel like being okay. team us, right? Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Okay. It's it, just not the most palatable, I don't think. Oh, no, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah, this it's is It's not tough. like this is going to be easy, like, oh, we'll just put on a smile and go, you know, on a family outing. I mean, I think that would be better in some ways, right? Because your kids are part of the team too, I yeah. don't know, but to go do something public, that would be really, really hard. It is hard. And I think I've seen it where they fake it. Like they want people to think that they have a great marriage when right. they don't. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Well, there's, there's, there is the being real thing and we're all about that in therapy yeah. too. But I just, sometimes I come back to the fact that not every environment can receive that reality. Right. And what you said, like people haven't earned the right to know. Some people have or not. Or some people haven't. And they may not everybody. be a safe community to be that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So it's a tough one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then the final section here that I want to talk about is what if the betrayal seems unforgivable? And this is where I come back to Worthington and some of his stuff. That's very helpful, right? So a betrayal event can cause symptoms of trauma to appear. We talked about betrayal trauma in episode 212. Mm -hmm. That's something we work with quite a bit when we're helping couples to heal from infidelity or other kinds of betrayal disclosures. And when there's trauma, it makes the process of forgiveness more difficult because then the betrayal has actually become a life-changing event. Okay. It means that the way you see the world and everything in it, including yourself, may have changed. Yes. Okay. Okay. And in the aftermath of that level of hurt, you may feel less secure in your marriage. You may feel less secure about yourself or your self-worth and less secure about the trustworthiness of others generally. 
It's like if I can't trust the safest person in my life or who I thought was safest, who can I trust, right? This is the shaking, kind of the ground shaking traumatic part. Okay. Now, Worthington makes the very helpful point, and he's a a Christian forgiveness researcher, by the way, who who studied the topic for years and then one day received a call from the police that his mom's home had been broken into and she'd been shot Hmm. uh, for like 200 bucks or something like this. And they had also violated her body on the way out. Oh. Kind of thing. So he he not only has studied forgiveness, but he's had, he had to do to the work. work through it. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, Worthington makes a very helpful point that even in these experiences, it can help if we begin to change the way that we tell our story. So we want to work towards making the story less hopeless, less pessimistic. So even if you may have felt in the midst of the betrayal that life was cruel and everything was worthless, today you can acknowledge that this is not entirely the case. And he really breaks this down into small parts. So. Try to find one more thing today that you can love about your spouse or your life together. And that's just one more thing than the day before. And Mm. every bit of mental progress here is a step towards healthy thinking and a healthy view of the world where your trauma is part of your experience, but it doesn't define all of it. So it's just starting to restore that balance that, you know what, there's still goodness in some places. And you just kind of start building that back sort of one brick at a time. So your trauma isn't you. Like it's, it's something you've experienced. Yeah, you don't want it to become defining. But it's not defining, all of right? you, yeah. And it also gives permission to take sort of a bit-by-bit forgiveness or approach to forgiving your spouse's betrayal. And that's much less overwhelming to think about when you break it down into those smaller pieces and it makes room for a slow, steady healing that trauma requires rather than sort of trying to like get over this hump all in one shot. Okay, yeah. And now Worthington also points out that commitment to the process of forgiveness is also key here. I think that might be what you addressed at the start, where there is that decision part, right? Okay. It's hard to commit to forgiving a major violation, but to forgive parts of that violation one by one seems much more doable. So that's the commitment to the work of, you know what, I'm going to keep chipping parts off this thing and forgiving them as I can. Okay. And trusting that as I get to the further parts, I'll be more prepared, more able. Yeah. So I'll have reframed enough. Yeah. And so for that, you can consider starting with the less hurtful parts, the less offensive parts, and working through the reframing steps that we've gone over today. And then as you begin to overcome those parts, the larger ones will seem more approachable because you've really kind of developed that forgiveness muscle. Can... I don't I hesitate to ask you, but like, can you give example? Here's like, what's what's less hurtful or less offensive about a betrayal? Well, the betrayal inevitably has a lot of parts to it. So... Like, for example, it might be easier to forgive your betraying spouse for something that they didn't tell you that they should have, then it, it would be harder to forgive them when they lied to you directly. Okay. Am I making sense? You're kind of, you're biting off the smaller parts of... So it's easier to forgive them that they didn't tell you that. Some other thing over here. Whereas if they directly lied to your face, that would might be harder. So you might do that a little bit further down the road. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. Does that make sense? I think so. Like you'd really have to break it down. Like I think it's it would be hard to actually differentiate those two things rather than just have the yeah. lump sum of betrayal, massive Absolutely. black the, hole. Yeah. The thing that keeps bouncing around in my head even as we're talking about this is that there's some guy out there who's eaten a Cessna, a small like two engine air or two uh two seat aircraft. He ate it? He ate the whole airplane, like one tiny piece at a time. That cannot be healthy. No. I think it was just to get in the world records book or something like this. So, but that's kind of the idea, okay. right? Is like you're really breaking this thing down small. So, I mean, if you want to eat a Cessna today, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But just kind of breaking breaking these these big challenges down into little parts wow. and starting with the gentler parts. Like you probably start with the seat cushions and stuff, right? Not the engine. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Okay. 
So like, there's no doubt that forgiveness is a very difficult task in many circumstances, but if you're committed to doing the work, you can find your way through the process. People have amazing power to forgive. Mm -hmm. And it does require empathy and it requires breaking things down into those smaller pieces. And as always, if you'd like one of our therapists to help you with this process, uh, it is work that we do with individuals and with couples all the time. And we'd be honored to be part of your journey too. We have uh, several of our team members that can help you with this. And so if you're looking for that help, just uh, feel free to reach out to us through our website at onlyyouforever.com. Okay. Well, thank you to CH and Lindsay, who became patrons between this recording and our previous one. We appreciate all your support, every one of you patrons. So thank you. And we have an iTunes review, Caleb. Yeah. From CCPDPM, CCBDPM. Information is outstanding. Who is that announcer? My husband and I recently separated and I've been devouring this info to learn more about myself. It's because of this podcast that I opted for a therapeutic separation instead of divorce. I really enjoy and appreciate the content and production value. And then the reviewer left us some feedback on our voiceover or announcer who does the intro, the mid-roll and the outdo, which we will take into consideration. And then she says, she, he says, thanks for a great show. So thank you for that five-star review, CCBDPM. And next week. Yeah. Next week, we're talking about how you can work with your spouse's betrayal trauma. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So quite often, uh, if you're the betrayer and you know you've you've done this, you've created this trauma in your spouse, it's like, it's really hard to figure out how to respond to that. Okay. Uh, so next week, we're talking about male privilege in marriage, like how that shows up. Oh. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah, that will be. Good, 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 good challenge for will myself, this, too. Will like, get me all fired up, do you think? It's going to fire up that feminist streak in you for sure. It's going to be an awesome episode. All righty. Well, that is all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oif.link slash 237. Find out how you can help. Go to oif.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oif.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.